0: Well, hello, friends, and welcome to an exciting new venture here at St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church. If some of you are signed in and logged in and ready to get on with this live podcast that is interactive, we just thank you for tuning in. We are excited about the possibilities of what is going on. And of course, when I say we, first of all, I am referring to my friend, (laughs) my colleague, The woman with the good shoes, Pastor Stephanie, how are you doing today? I'm just
1: doing great. I'm so excited as we are doing this live to just see our folks. Now, I know we can't see them, but we're going to be able to see them through the questions that you ask. And so if you're watching through Facebook, you can type in a question, anything from how is Pastor DA doing to the deepest theological question you've ever had.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, when you say how Pastor DA is doing, do you mean they can type in like man, this guy's really awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, no
1: comments on how he's doing. <laughs> just a curiosity about how you're doing. So I'm,
0: I'm just excited about it. How are you? I, I'm great. This is fun. Now, you will see there's not a computer or anything before us. And so when I say we, of course, we're referring to our studio studio audio visual yes. engineer technician everything else jeff smith jeff how are you doing today my friend
2: doing good doing real good uh, glad to be in here with you and during this new adventure and you know kind of excited to see what this kind of does for our church here
0: yeah I'm, I'm looking at all the stuff that you've got going on it's like he is as busy as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs <laughs> You know that's yes, yes, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good old colloquial thing. Uh. Well, let's let's jump in. Uh, it is Lent. It is a yes. season in the church where we examine ourselves and how we are existing in relationship with Jesus Christ. We uh, look at uh, are there things we need to give up? Is there a new habit that we need to? to form. And mm-hmm. do, do you have a Linton observance? Did you have something you're doing this year? You
1: know, I don't have anything specific that I'm doing this year. Although I was talking with some folks about this the other day, because uh, it was some students who were asking, you know, why do we give things up? And right. what should I give up and that kind of thing. Um, and maybe it was even in conversation with you. I'll have to even remember that. And it was you that said this brilliant thing. I'm totally giving you credit for <laughs> that. Yeah, But you said brilliant, brilliant right, exactly. Uh, it was you that said, sometimes you can take something on. Right. Right. We, we had that
0: conversation with a yeah. church member that was asking recently. And, you know, <laughs> of course, the big question everybody has is, you mean, I don't have to give it up on Sunday. And one of the things, <laughs> right? for those of you that don't know, during Lent, we don't count Sunday in the countdown of 40 days. Mm-hmm. And typically, every Sunday is a little Easter. And so people don't give that up. And they, right. you know, if they gave up soft drinks, they may drink soft drinks on Sunday. Right. I just always like to remind people, uh, God didn't ask us to give anything up. Whatever we right. give up is because we are trying to focus on our relationship with Christ and, right. and our need for a savior. And so yeah. we, we talked about sometimes it's not a matter of giving something up. It is a matter of what can I take on right. to help me in this? And Have you taken some stuff on before?
1: Well, Yes, I have, you know, taken some things on. In terms of you know maybe I would like you all know because I've shared this with you before and our listeners that I used to read the Bible at night before I go to bed. Right. In the morning now I read it um, before I get started with my work every day. But I think too that it's it's kind of fun to maybe take on an extra devotional time to say well I've already set aside this time. But if if the focus is then to to work on my relationship with God then maybe I take time you know in the middle of the day or at lunchtime or in the evening that kind of thing. And I really like that too, because I have to be honest with you, I have struggled with the practice of giving something up over the years. I understand the value of it in terms of sacrifice. Sure, But for me, even when I was much younger, I just wrestled with it because I struggled with the idea that I could compare my giving up chai latte to Jesus giving up his life for us. Right. And when I was talking to my daughters the other day about it, I say that not not to discourage anyone from giving things up. It is a very good practice. But I also said to my daughters when I was talking to them the other day about it, that um, the point is Jesus gave up his life for us, and Correct. we are called to give up our lives for him. And so if I'm not already doing that, there's probably a problem. So every day I, I am intentional about how I give up my life right in order that it is his so I
0: think that's appropriate I I will share with people one year one of the things I did for Lent is uh, a spiritual discipline that I really believe in I'm just not very good at it and that's (laughs) journaling oh yes yes and one year I said okay I'm gonna write in a journal every day during Lent yeah and more than once I would be laying in bed and it's like Uh, And you have to get out of bed and and keep the discipline. And and that's good because, again, that was something I was trying to do for God. And when I thought, I haven't done this, it it was a priority to get up and do that, even though I was ready ready to go to sleep. (laughs) I totally get that. So uh, our theme for the year is Create. And, of course, we talked about and preached about and did podcast about the, the seven days of creation and what that means. Mm-hmm. And then we extended it an extra day, what we called day eight, last week's podcast, about, you know, creation fell. Mm-hmm. And so on the other side of creation falling, what then can we hope for? And I was drawn to Psalm 51. If you've not read it, it's a relatively short psalm, as Mm -hmm. most of them are. But Psalm 51 is the psalm that King David pins whenever he has committed his adultery with a woman by the name of Bathsheba. Mm -hmm. She has Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, uh essentially murdered by sending him back to war and withdrawing all support. And David thinks he got away with it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we think we get away with our sin, but David did not get away with it. David was confronted by the prophet Nathan. Mm -hmm. And when Nathan confronts him with his sin, uh, David cannot deny it. And so one of the things that I love about Psalm 51 is, again, this is David's admission of guilt. Now, Mm -hmm. he's not you know, saying, Oh God, I did this and this and this, right. but, but it's his, his pouring out of his heart. And yeah. he starts off in verse one. The thing he is crying for is mercy. Yes. Have mercy. O God, because of your unfailing love, mm-hmm. because of your great compassion. And, and just like when we looked at creation and how each day of creation reveals something about God's character. Mm-hmm. This tells us a part of God's character that David knows yes. that God is merciful, yes. that God's love will never fail. And That God has Mm. great compassion because David has, you know, committed great sin. Yes,
1: he has. Well, the thing I love about this, and I'm so glad that you drew it out for all of us, is that uh, he doesn't say, you know, would you have mercy on me? because I'm willing to do it better next time. He doesn't or bargain with God. Yeah, and it's not about him. It, it's solely about relying on the nature of God because we change, right. hopefully for the better. <laughs> uh, but we we change, God doesn't. So no matter what sin David had committed, it did not change the fact that God's love is unfailing and that his compassion will always be there. And so I love it that David starts out first by saying, would you have mercy on me, not because of anything about me, but because of who because you are. Because of who you are. And mm-hmm. and, and
0: I, I love that. One of the things that I think people would say and and part of this, who we are and how Christian people act does reflect mm-hmm. on God's nature. Yeah. And so if if I were to come up to you and say, You know, Stephanie, we, we really need to talk about your sin because I know you've been doing this <laughs> uh-huh. and you said, Well, how do I how do you know that? And I say, Well, you know, God told me. Right. <laughs> you know, one one of your reactions should be, "God, why did you tell him that this is what I did?" You know, uh, yes. and 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 what happens when we're confronted with our mm-hmm. sin is people may not get mad at the messenger, they may get mad at God. Yes, right. And and because of that People don't think God is loving and kind, but but I want us to look at the opposite of that. God does confront us with our sin precisely because God is good and God loves us. And the brokenness that exists in our relationship with God Mm. is not what God desires for us.
1: I loved it that you brought up this point about the conviction of from the Holy Spirit of our sin. And that that truly is a sign of God's great love. And it's just like with our children. Yes. I mean, when my kids yes. were growing up and Phil and I would have to pull them aside and say, this is not right. And mm-hmm. they didn't like it. I mean, they still don't like it, even though to their <laughs> credit, they would say they do everything right now. Yeah. But, yeah. but you know, nobody likes to be confronted with that. We don't like to be told that what we're doing is wrong, but it's so important if, if I didn't love my kids, I wouldn't care. If what they did was wrong, but because I love them and I know that when they sin, it has consequence that is harmful to them. Of course, I'm going to bring it before them and say, this is wrong. You need to change your ways.
0: I've heard stories of parents who, when you talk to them about their kids, are like... (laughs) just can't wait till they turn 18 because then they won't be my responsibility anymore. Oh goodness. And and God would never say that. No. God would not say, "Well, I can't wait till I send Jesus back because then you're on your own." That's right. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no. So God true. God is loving and kind and great yeah. and compassionate and his love never mm-hmm. fails. And so uh, when David's crying out, "Have mercy." One of the things that we want to understand is how do we receive that mercy Mm -hmm. i mean it it, it's like when we ask for grace how do we receive grace we receive grace through faith when we ask for mercy how do we receive Mm -hmm. mercy and i believe the way that we receive mercy is to confess our guilt ah yes not to cover it up not to deny it, mm-hmm. not to blame someone else so that we were the victim right. and that's why we're guilty. We right. really have to come clean and confess our guilt. Mm-hmm.
1: So before we dive into that subject some more, I'm just going to say to our, our viewers here, if you want to submit a question, uh, go ahead and do that. I think maybe we already have some that are, there is a little bit of a delay. So if you're going to submit it right this very second, it's going to be a little bit of a delay before we actually hear it. But Jeff- is monitoring that for us. So, Jeff, do you have any questions from our viewers I'm glad you did
0: that. I was just into the old school way
2: of doing (laughs)
1: this. (laughs) Right?
2: Yeah, so far, uh, you know, we haven't had any on uh, our Facebook live link. Mm -hmm. uh, But we did have some that were submitted in earlier. Oh, Uh, Look at that. Uh uh, And you kind of touched base on this already a little bit, DA. But uh, one of the questions was, you know, as far as receiving the – the, the, the gift of mercy. Yeah. You know, uh, how would one uh, that is not a believer in Christ mm. walk through that process <sighs> to get... The grace. Of who who asked
0: that question? That's a great question.
2: I, I do not have the name okay. in front of me, but... Uh-huh. uh but say, yes, did it it you a ask that question? question?
0: That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good do, one. Do you want to tackle that? Or? Go for it. No, well, I'd love to hear one of say. my first things that I would say is God's mercy is not limited just to people that believe. Right. You know, God's mercy is available to all people. And so if a non-Christian is thinking, uh, I, I need to receive mercy, mm. they may not be thinking of that in relationship to God. Right. They, they may, you know, if... Uh, you know, if, if I was Uriah's mama,
1: right, you know, <laughs> right, and,
0: and I just knew that the king had sent my son to war yeah. just to be killed. Oh. Uh, you know, I not, need, not I need you, to, I need you to tell me you did that. Right, I need you to confess your guilt. Right. Probably at that point, I don't need an excuse. Maybe I want uh-huh. an explanation right. of, of why you did this. Right. But we receive mercy through the confession. Of our guilt right. uh you know i remember one of my kids coming in one day and you know robin and i being loving parents we confronted them with something they mm-hmm, had done mm-hmm. and immediately there was denial uh-huh. but in the next breath it was no strike that i i, I, did, I did it, it. <laughs> yeah i did it yeah and so because my child said i did it okay yeah now let's talk about why you can't ever do that. Yeah. You know, because yeah. the confession was there of the guilt. Yes. We could extend mercy in a way that it could be yeah. received.
1: Oh, I so. love that. Well, and, you know, the other thing, too, I've heard one of my favorite preachers says that mercy is not getting what you deserve, right. while grace is getting what you don't deserve. Right. And so I kind of like that um, that play on words a little bit. But with mercy being not getting what you deserve, the way to receive that is literally just to receive it. Mm-hmm. And you're so right about the fact that confession makes that possible because until you come face to face with your sin and and you admit that you do deserve something terrible. I mean honestly, that that's what we're saying when we confess, we're agreeing with God and we're saying yeah. I agree with you yes. that what I did was wrong. And then at that point, you're putting it in God's hands, you know? Okay, now now you do with me what you will because now I'm in agreement with you and so I've surrendered to the fact that I got I got to surrender to this natural way that things happen. And then God in his great mercy does not give us what we deserve. He gives us love, he gives us compassion, just like David said. And the interesting thing about David And what he does, I love the fact that you you played with this a lot in the sermon and talking about that he thought he got away with it. Yeah, he totally thought he almost got away with with it. it, and I love it that David really does this this thing that all humans do, where we dig ourselves a hole. And then we just keep digging it deeper. Right. And then we dig it deeper to try to cover up what we've done. And so the beauty of this Psalm 51 is the is the coming together of him facing that right. and then facing the reality of who God is so that then his life can be changed. And that's what I love about
0: it. This is, this is fun. So, Jeff, is there another question we want to pl- plug in right now or do we have a direction we want to keep going?
2: Uh, so far I think everybody's in agreement right now. So I think y'all are hitting the nail on the head. There's no questions <laughs> right now. We have made so, it so clear. Well, if well, for you guys everyone. are looking for answers on anything with Lint and anything else, feel free yeah. to throw those in right now. One,
0: one of the things that's really fun is every time I turn to look at Jeff, I can see where we are on the delay. So that's that's really fun. Well, so we receive mercy by confessing mm-hmm. our guilt. But then it goes on. There's another step, and right. I think this is very important is after we confess our guilt mm-hmm. we have to accept the consequences when david and uh bathsheba had their one night stand yeah they think they get away with it i mean mm-hmm. at least david does i'm guessing maybe bathsheba right. does too right but uh there was no denying she was going to be pregnant right you know yeah. uh that wasn't going to go away mm-hmm. and and yeah he tries to cover it up by bringing uriah home right. but when uriah dies yeah. There's no covering up mm-hmm. that um, Bathsheba is pregnant. Yeah. And so when David, uh, part of what we didn't say, that the psalm, David is confessing his sin. He's not saying, oh, and God, by the way, can you do something about this baby so this doesn't right. happen? And right. I don't think David ever would no. have done that, uh, but he would, had to accept the consequences yes. of that.
1: Well, and okay, here's here's another thing I love about this story, if you take it a little bit further, that you know, he, here we've had this, uh, the making of one of the greatest movies of all time. Like we've got. Adultery, we've got murder. I mean, this is we've what this war. is what Hollywood does, right? <laughs> <laughs> to, to draw people in. I mean, it's and it's all right here in the Bible, there A best-selling book, right? Hmm. And so the interesting thing, though, to me about it is, again, Psalm fifty-one is like this this coming together of this turning point for David. That David truly is a a man after God's own heart. Yes. We see that in this psalm, and that God values that. And if you read in First Kings, you read, I mean, you, you read about the rain, the end of the reign of David and then the beginning of the reign of Solomon, who is the son of right. David and Bathsheba that was conceived out of wedlock. And you see
0: that A- actually the baby they conceive in their adultery dies. <gasps> oh, it was after that they that get married. Oh, that see, right Solomon... here, He's corrected me. <laughs> yes. After they get married. Yes. Yeah. Then and Solomon so, is born.
1: Yes. So Solomon's mom is Bathsheba. And if you look up, if you look at it, Honestly, you would think that God would have said, no, you should not be married to Bathsheba. We're going to do this the right, right. way. We're cutting right. out all of that sin that happened, and we're going a different direction. But no, God uses the relationship between David and Bathsheba to to not only, again, help David have an incredible reign as king, the greatest king mm-hmm. of all time, but then to have their son Solomon become another great king right now, he kind of screwed up Sur- towards the end i was gonna say yeah.
0: surpassed unsurpassed in wisdom yes. and wealth and, yeah and obviously number of wives and concubines <laughs> right <laughs> true
1: that true that but it's so interesting to me that it shows us that when david turns a corner and he says i'm no longer going to live that life of sin right and, and please forgive me and show me mercy then god is able to take what could have been something terrible and a terrible testimony to humanity and he turns it into something that is beautiful. And I think that's just a word of encouragement to our listeners that we have sin in our lives. I mean, we, we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, but God is able to even use that to bring about his glory when we surrender it
0: to him. One of the things I remember is when I, you know, it just starts off, have mercy. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a great prayer. You hit your knees in the hallway and slide all the way to your bed, (laughs) you know, have mercy. And uh, it reminds me of the movie Braveheart, which is, you know, with with love and murder and killing and war and (laughs) all those kind of things. Not biblical, but, you know, (laughs) same thing. Uh, And at the end of the movie, whenever uh, William Wallace, the Mm -hmm. main character, is being tortured before he is going to be killed you hear in the background people are yelling have mercy Mm -hmm. have mercy and and what they wanted was they did not want him to suffer anymore but it wasn't going to do away with the guilt of what they were accusing him for and the fact he was going to die and so when david is crying out for Mm -hmm. mercy again it, he doesn't say because of who I am, because right. God I'm the king. Right. Because, you know, God that woman shouldn't have been taking bath when I was on the you know, road. Right. It was none of that. Right. It was because of God's yeah. unfailing love yeah. and great compassion. And yes. and so the problems don't just go away. No. Because we confess our sin. The right. problems are still there. Well and there's
1: beauty in in the accepting of the consequences because it's in the accepting of the consequences that we learn the lesson Right, and I think that's really really important I remember a time when uh, I was probably 7 or 8 years old and my mom told me to go upstairs and wash my hands before lunch Okay, so I go up. With soap.
0: Right, with soap. (laughs) I mean, that's a boy thing. (laughs) You don't have to clarify that with girls. We're like, we know it means soap. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, a little boy, go wash your hands. You know, it's like, and use soap. You have (laughs) have have to to be very specific.
1: Well, it was so funny. So I go upstairs. And I, I don't know why I felt the need to try to pull this one over on, on my parents. Like, I don't know if I thought it made me cool. I have no idea. <laughs> so I thought, well, they told me to wash my hands, and I'm not going to wash my hands. I'll so show them. I turned, <laughs> no, so I turn on the water, and I just leave it on. And I just stand there <laughs> in all of my de- deceptiveness. Dirt and grime. Yes, yeah. exactly. And then I turn the water off. And I never even touch the water with my hands. And I come back down the stairs. And I don't know how they knew it, but my dad was standing there too. And both my parents said, Stephanie, did you wash your hands? (laughs) And I just knew by the way that they were looking at me that they knew exactly what Uh I'd done. And so I I confess, no, I did not wash my hands. And the interesting thing in in our growing up family it was very widely known that if you lied, you got punished twice. Right. So you got punished once for whatever you did, and then you got punished again for, for lying. lying. And so I knew this, I knew this was gonna happen, so that's why I went ahead and just confessed <laughs> that I didn't lie, because I knew that would be bad. But I, I remember accepting the consequence in that moment, I don't even remember what it was, but saying, okay, yes, but there's this beauty in the fact that God already knows. Right. God already knows what you have done. So there is a comfort in being able to say, yes, God, I did that. And then to accept the consequences. The, the story
0: way. did not end it all the way I thought it was going oh, to. No. I, I, I thought you were going to say that uh, I just turned off the water and I started going downstairs. Uh-huh. And my mom came in behind me and said, did you wash your hands? Uh-huh. Because the towel's not wet. Oh, no,
1: no. My parents are just <laughs> brilliant. They just knew like profits they just knew jeff do we have another question i saw you raise your hand
2: we do have a question oh, awesome so uh jackie combs okay uh, commented Hi, a question on facebook uh she asked do we have to give up something for Lent, or is that a requirement
0: oh it's a good question well uh is it a requirement it's not a requirement you will not find anywhere in the bible where Mm -hmm. it says for 40 days thou shaltest to give up something (laughs) of significance and importance in your life it's not a biblical (laughs) idea so uh but the biblical idea is Mm self-denial that jesus said if you would be my disciple Mm -hmm. then you must take up your cross luke even says in his gospel take up your cross daily, mm-hmm. uh, and deny yourself mm-hmm. and follow after me. So that's really what Lent is about. Plus we look at the idea in, um, just before Jesus begins his public ministry where mm-hmm. he's tempted in the desert right. and, and he was fasting and he was giving up the comforts of his heavenly kingdom just to live among us anyway so it it just it's supposed to be a reminder of what jesus did and how we are called to live
1: well and i love the fact too that when we give something up in essence we're fasting from that thing and the whole idea of fasting is that then when you crave that for instance when you're fasting from food and and your stomach rumbles and you're hungry that that instead of going to food that could feed you you go to god who feeds you right so i think too throughout the season of lent that self-denial coupled with every time i yearn for that i going to go to god is is a mm-hmm. really good practice okay yeah very good anything else jeff not so far thanks jackie for the question yeah we thank you that. jackie
0: you're yeah. bringing it alive right. <laughs> the vision is being fulfilled that's right well, well we probably just have a couple of minutes left yep. because I, we're watching the clock because we know some <laughs> of y'all probably have to get back to work but uh when david cries out for mercy hmm takes responsibility for what he's done one of the things that i feel that is important for us to know is when we confess our guilt that that's how we receive mercy and we still have to accept the consequences but one thing we can depend on is this reality god's never going to run out of mercy Mm -hmm. we will run out of sin before God runs out of mercy. Now, that's not permission for us to test <laughs> right. whether or not that's true. I'm not recommending that you just keep right on <laughs> sinning to see if you can wear out God's mercy. No, that's not going to happen. No. Uh, the more we experience God's mercy, the more we are drawn to God and we yes. want to be around God and hang out with God. Yeah, it's so,
1: so true. And I, I love the fact that as, as we draw closer to God – Truly, it truly is a reality that the less we desire to sin, yeah, and the closer we get to Him, so the more we experience His mercy and His kindness draws us to Him, the less we desire sin over what He would want for us, and that truly is the process of sanctification. I, I yes. love that. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing.
0: So. Yeah. And again, what sin does is it, it separates us from God. Right. And, and actually it's even more than that. A, a good definition of sin is sin is something that separates us from God, separates us from other people, yes. and really even separates us from ourselves. Because when we sin and we're giving into this lower nature, we're, we're, it's, it's not who God has created mm-hmm. us to be or the mm-hmm. relationship God wants. And, um, you know, I I have never doubted God's love for me, Mm -hmm. but when I know how sinful I am and like David, it's like, God have mercy on me. I'm just drawn that much more to God. I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't, I don't want to do that. It it disgusts me. Mm -hmm. It's a bitter taste in my mouth. God, I want to cling to you in the way that, uh, you would relate to me.
1: Yeah. Well, and one other thing I would add just in closing to this is that, you know, when when we are thinking about the season of Lent being reflective about who God is, who we are, the reality of those two things coming together, I think it's important for us to think about the fact that when we are moving away from sin and we're turning away from sin and we're turning towards God and we're getting closer to Him, that it's important for us to begin to change our thought patterns. Because a lot of times with sin, Mm -hmm. we tend to have a certain thought pattern that leads us to that sin. And and the psychologist in me is coming out. It's our stinking thinking. It's our stinking thinking. Yeah, (laughs) That's actually good. I haven't heard that before. Uh, But so changing our thought patterns. So throughout the season of Lent, as you are reflecting on who you are and your thought patterns and how those might connect you to sin or should connect you to God. I would encourage you, if you're thinking about taking something on for Lent, one of the greatest ways to change our thought patterns is is by filling our minds with something new. And yeah. so w- one of my friends, I was encouraging them to uh, listen to praise music throughout the day. Just have yeah. it on at your desk and or wherever you are. And because... Then those songs sink their way into your soul. Mm -hmm. And you find yourself waking up in the middle of the night singing the songs. And there's nothing better than singing songs that are based in scripture. And so the scripture is just becoming a part of who you are. And that really does help to change your thought patterns. And that's really important as we are drawing closer to God. Jeff's hand is up. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: So I think this is a great question to go ahead and wrap up on. Okay. Uh, We got Karen Gibson. She's asking. Hello, Karen. Karen. Hello, Karen. Uh, She says, what is the most important thing about Lent to teach our kids or grandkids to try to be closer to God or what?
0: Mm. I I was actually going to let you tackle that one because I've tackled the other two. So I'll let you go first.
1: You know, I think for kids, we often... we often try to dumb things down for them and they really don't need that because they're so pure in their way of thinking that we don't have to dumb it down but i think teaching kids in lent about sacrifice is really important especially in this day and age because so many of our our kids have everything they need or want and it's all at their fingertips. And so even with my girls, we have tried to teach them this over the years and Phil and I have looked at each other from time to time and said, man, we did a really bad job of (laughs) teaching them that (laughs) because our desire as parents and grandparents is to provide everything they need so that it's pain free and it's easy, an easy life. But I think helping kids to understand what sacrifice is, is really important because when you understand the pain of sacrifice you understand more about how much God loves us and what he was willing to do. And that can be something simple for kids, as simple as, um, as literally telling them, well, why don't you give your favorite dessert that you're going to give up? Why don't you give that to somebody else? Because not only are yeah, you sacrificing and it... Yeah, school on cinnamon roll day... Yeah, it's... give that cinnamon roll to Pastor D.A. because that's just one of his favorite things. Because <laughs> Pastor D.A. cinnamon rolls. <laughs> that's exactly right. But I think that's really important for them to begin to understand what it means to sacrifice because then as they grow older, they can more fully understand that passage you were just talking about.
0: Right, and, and I was thinking... Uh, children need role models Mm -hmm. if they see us doing it 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 becomes a model for them one of the stories i was thinking of is uh in my previous church the first year i'm there ash wednesday okay we're supposed to fast yeah and um there was a little fourth grade girl her name was hope hope is now a woman oh wow you know (laughs) uh, but she went to school and she told her teacher she said if you hear my tummy grumbling oh. today, I want you to know that it's supposed to make me think of Jesus. Oh, <laughs> so I love that. She, she, she didn't really understand the whole fasting yeah. thing, but she understood the connection with Jesus because she was trying to do what the adults in the church yeah. were doing. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's a really good story. Well, thank you guys for asking questions. Thanks for tuning in today. Also, just if if you are listening to the audio version of this, you may be thinking, what are they talking about? Uh, submitting questions. We are doing a live interactive Podcast Tuesdays at twelve thirty throughout the season of Lent, but this will also air as an audio podcast every Friday morning right. at seven a.m. So you will get to hear and see it uh, both ways. So we would just encourage you to continue to be a part of what we're doing at St. Andrew's throughout the season of Lent. You will see some other things happening as we move towards Holy Week. We'll let you know when our Easter services are, when our Holy Week services are. But we're having a great time here at St. Andrew's, and we are so glad. You can be a part of it with us, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week.
0: Hey, friends. D.A. Bennett, St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church. I want you to know that we are discovering some real blessing and benefit of digital discipleship, but we also want to talk to you about subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, it's under the church's name, and you'll get some different uh, video devotions each day. So if you're looking for another venue, maybe I'll work for you. God bless